Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome, and it's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. Become a diehard at gophnx.com. Pick up a free hat and or T-shirt every single year. You are a diehard. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock. We are diehard for watching the Kansas City Chiefs beat that ass of San Francisco. You love to see it, Bo Brock. That's right. What are they doing giving, you know, Patrick Mahomes a couple chances there to win a football game? Unbelievable. I mean, Kyle Shanahan now is getting that that well-deserved label of can he win the big game? He's now 0-3 as far as Super Bowls go, twice as a head coach. He's lost to Brady. He's lost Mahomes. But I'm not going to get lost in those details. I'm just going to tell you that at the end of the day, the Niners were sent home with their tail between their legs at a dominating start to that game and relinquished it and let old Pat Mahomes come home with the Lombardi Trophy. And and you love to see it sitting here in NFC West Country, Johnny. Yeah, you absolutely do. And we're going to get into the the cardinal factor of all this. And listen, San Francisco, they're putting together a historic run of division titles, of NFC championships and Super Bowl appearances. But at the end of the day, it's like you got to come home with the hardware at some point. I watched that game yesterday. I thought two things. Number one, Kansas City is young and athletic, especially defensively. And this was the year to get them if you were San Francisco. Whereas on the flip side, in the Bay Area, everybody wants to tout the fact that Brock Purdy makes no money and he's cheap and he's young. I look at that as like, yeah, but the rest of your team's not. And those are your good players. Like George Kittle had to leave the game. He's getting banged up. Debo Samuel, they're talking about he could potentially be moved this offseason. You've got to extend Brandon Ayuk. Trent Williams is 100 years old. Yeah, It's like, if I'm San Francisco, I'm freaking out. You tr- you traded a, a premium pick in the third round for Chase Young. He's likely to leave. Hardgraves is old. Armstead is old. Uh, Ken Law or uh, Greenlaw is out for the year, potentially next year. I, I don't know. I tweeted this out. I, I think Cardinals could get them next year. I just have a feeling we could see <laughs> the reverse osmosis of what happened with San Francisco once upon yeah. a time. Super Bowl appearance, and then suddenly there's a drop-off. I, I love the uh, I love your passion. I certainly do. I absolutely do. I mean, but that's that's what's so great about this league, and that's what's you know unbelievable about this Chiefs run, which is unbelievable about the about two decade run from the New England Patriots, right? In a salary cap league that they were able to keep up, open their window uh, for as long as they did, and you're starting to see with the San Francisco 49ers with no titles to show for it, how quickly things can close and how quickly things can get messy 
and these cap leagues and you start having to pay these players, right? Heavy is the crown and you're going to start to see more guys exit where, you know, Kansas City was able to do it where they mentioned on the broadcast last night, like Chris Jones is pretty much the only starting defensive player that they kind of returned from the last time that these two teams met in the Super Bowl. And it's really uh, a tip of the cap to Veach and Andy Reid and all the good work that they're doing there in KC. And now you're like, you got the 27 dresses, San Francisco 49ers, always the bridesmaid. And and you have to like that, right? Because, I mean, they are going to have to make some tough decisions. They've already fumbled the quarterback position a couple times. We'll see how they move forward with Brock Purdy. But you are the Arizona Cardinals. There was a little bit of blood blood that entered the water last night with San Francisco, losing out on a huge opportunity to win a title. Especially when they all have a special player at quarterback, and we like to think that the Arizona Cardinals do in the form of Kyler Murray, but it's unlike San Francisco. The Cardinals could use everything else, especially on the defensive side of the ball. You watch Nick Bosa and company wreak havoc on Patrick Mahomes. The Cardinals need that. They need that energy. Could it come? Will it come in the form of free agency bowl this offseason? Now, it's been our point of emphasis. We've got it sourced on this program, PHNX Cardinals. Cardinals are going to attack free agency with the front seven. Spend money, defensive line, pass rushers, defensive tackles. Did a new old face just re-enter the conversation, (laughs) re-enter the equation? This came seemingly out of nowhere this weekend. It was either Tom Pelissaro or Ian Rappaport himself basically coming out and saying the Philadelphia Eagles have given star pass rusher, formerly of Arizona, now in Philadelphia, Hassan Reddick, an ability to, quote, seek a trade. Now, Reddick coming off of another double-digit sack season. He was good last year, but he was damn near dominant with Jonathan Gannon two years ago. So Mm -hmm. now you've got Reddick, who is going to be 29, available, which tells me a couple different things, Bo. Number one, Philadelphia is going to move into a whole new direction defensively. I don't think they want ties to the prior regime, certainly. I think they're going to try to do their new thing. They've got, you know, Vic Fangio in the fold now. It's like, okay, they're going to get maybe younger, less expensive, because they're going to have to pay guys on offense, Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith and company. Reddick seems like a casualty. Seems like somebody that probably fits the old culture, and that old culture is in Arizona with Jonathan Gannon. So let me first get your reaction to this report, Mm -hmm. and then we'll discuss potential compensation that the Cardinals would be willing to give up. I mean, there's a couple different things, right? And and a couple different cups. One, like Philly, it continues even with Vic Fangio, the guy that they wanted to tab their DC after Jonathan Gannon and weren't able to do so. It it doesn't make things like Hassan Reddick's like things aren't right here. And that, that's the, been the reports coming out of Philadelphia, you know, for, ever since basically November. And that this organization, like the vibes are off. I think that was one of the reports, Johnny, and, and it continues to be as, as they try to reshape things on the fly. And the players have taken notice. They're like, I don't want to like, Hassan Reddick, despite being paid handsomely, uh, you know, through two of his, his three years under contract to be on the roster in Philadelphia, he doesn't want to waste away any more of his prime years that he's him and his representation want to get out of Philadelphia, even with Vic Fangio, you know, a well-regarded play caller in this league. Um, and then it, it kind of points to the success of some of the other playoff teams uh, that you saw throughout this run, and then of course what's going on here in Arizona. Uh, now I don't, I don't know what Hassan Reddick's uh, what he would want as far as coming back to the desert. You know everything through his two stops in free agency, Carolina. He went and played for his college coach, 
and Matt Rule for for a season until until he went back to Philadelphia, which is close closest football team to Camden, New Jersey. Like, is he over that he realized that sometimes when you go and you're a professional where you grew up, it's not all it's cracked up to be after experiencing it. Maybe he wants to go try out different parts of the country, but regardless, he he's not excited about what's going on in Philadelphia and their downfall recently uh, after their what 10 and one start. Yeah. It's, it's really kind of disheartening if you're an Eagle fan, like he was your best player on your Super Bowl team. He was yeah. unblockable during that Super Bowl run. And now it's like, yeah, that's, that's old news. We're done. And it does feel like yeah. that's kind of trending toward that direction with a lot of these players. Like Fletcher Cox is supposedly on his way out. End of an era. You know, they've got guys in the secondary that they lost last year, linebackers that they lost last year because you're white. Now a Cardinal TJ Edwards. They could be looking to move off some of their expensive cornerbacks, maybe a safety or two. And Reddick to me was always, okay, but he's the bell of the ball because, you know, Derek Barnett didn't work out. And they're still trotting out Brandon Graham. I think they're just like cleaning house defensively. I think they want to completely yeah. start over. And again, like what's the value of Hassan Reddick now? Because I think on the surface level, you would absolutely take Hassan Reddick. If Hassan Reddick showed any inclination of being willing to come back to Arizona, let's just say he was a free agent. The Cardinals would have those discussions. And here's why I see a lot of people on Twitter saying, would Hassan Reddick even want to come back? Would he feel comfortable in doing that? The most comfortable aspect of a free agent is familiarity. He enjoyed his time in Arizona, despite everything that went on. And he's well thought of in Arizona. And the people that really hampered his development are gone. Vance Joseph mm-hmm. isn't here. Steve Keim isn't here. Like, yes, they, they hampered his development, cost him money in the form of his fifth-year option and immediate expansion. But I think the number one coup for, for both Jonathan Gannon and Hassan Reddick is the familiarity piece. Because you go into free agency, if you're Monty Austin for it, and you're going to have to tackle guys – that are outside your scope that you're going to have to take the word of the opposing head coaches and GMs without mm-hmm. knowing, right? If they go out and sign Christian Wilkinson or Chris Jones or whomever, but let's just focus on Wilkinson. They're going to have to go to their people in Miami and just take them at face value. Whereas Jonathan Gannon doesn't have to do that because he's had his hands on Hassan Reddick and he's helped him produce his best career date, best career season to date. That's what you want in free agency. It's a big reason why they went and got because you're white last year. It's a reason why they got Zach Pascal familiarity and knowing that those players fit what you want to do and you've got firsthand exposure to that, that trumps everything. So again, like if the money's all equal, they're going to be interested, but then comes the compensation piece. Right. And I I think that you, you're obviously set in a good spot to, to figure out what that compensation looks like. I mean, I, 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 don't you view this as kind of a token, yeah, go out and see what teams could provide us from Philadelphia because Philadelphia, it's like the Jair Alexander conversation we had a couple of weeks ago. Like, it doesn't benefit them very well to part ways with with Hassan Reddick at 29 years old. As yeah. you mentioned, you know he's got close to 30 sacks in two seasons, and he's going to have dead cap number of about 20 million dollars for them to part ways. Um, I, I just think that that would. Philadelphia is probably like, okay, look, if if we're going to do right by you, you can go seek that out knowing that it's going to be tough to facilitate a trade that, that they can come back to Hassan and say, Hey, this makes sense for us. And and we can do it for you. There's just not a whole lot of deals out there that would make sense for the team that's trading the star player. Like if you're looking at like Hassan Reddick, like it's nice to have options that Hassan Reddick has just hit this, this market that, you know, I talked to Connor Rogers out at Radio Row, who's dialed in for pro football focus and NBC Sports. He's like, 
this edge rusher market is deep, especially on free agent market. Like it's not always the case where you can find some guys. And I think like having Hassan Reddick join that, that those possible guys is good, but it's not like my first, second or third option, just because right. based on the age and based on, is he, is he really available from Philly? Are they willing to eat that, that dead money in order to move him? I, I think the biggest hurdle in this is having to deal with Howie Roseman and making sure that you, you're able to have a, fi- a professional relationship with a guy who tried to steal draft picks from you and, and put the tampering charge on you and alerted the NFL on something that really should have been a slap in the wrist, a, a clerical error by Monty Austin for it. Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie were pissy that Jonathan Gannon left, and then they were upset that Nick Rollins took the defensive coordinator job in Arizona. So I, I tweeted this out. I think that's the biggest hurdle. I don't even think the compensation, uh, that's secondary. Can you look at Howie Roseman, you know, face-to-face or pick up the phone and, and have a civil conversation with a guy who did that last offseason? There's part of me that thinks, and we were talking about, okay, um, who's the cornerback the that played in Detroit once upon a time that they traded for for a third rounder who's making a lot of money for them? That's Darius, not Slay? Darius Slay is somebody that on the surface fits what they're going to do at cornerback. They're going to go out and target a veteran like that who's mm-hmm. making a lot of money who's worn out as welcome, right? But the biggest hesitation that I always had to pair those two up in Arizona is the the, the Roseman effect. And I think that this very much is the same vein with, with somebody yeah. like Hassan Reddick because they know that Jonathan Gannon values Hassan Reddick and knows what he can get from him. And they're going to say over the phone, well, if Gannon is his defensive coordinator, Gannon can be able to produce 15 to 20 sacks, same maybe with somebody like Vic Fangio. So I know... A lot, the Twitter kind of consensus on this was a little bit all over the place. It was yeah. a give up the first third round pick you have. I don't think Philadelphia would take that. I think you're probably looking at giving up a second round pick on average if you're a team. And certainly you're not going to do that if you're the Cardinals. Your second round picks pick 35. So I, I think this is a move that's a year too early. I think if Hassan yeah. Reddick is available next offseason and the Cardinals are going all in in the final year of the crescendo of their rebuild and maybe their second rounder is in the fifties or they've got multiple late picks on day two that they can leverage. I think it fits really well. I think this year, and we talk about it often on this podcast, Bo, you've got to take your medicine and supplement your draft picks with cheap young talent. And unless it's a special circumstance where like, I don't know, you could flip pick 27 for Brian Burns or somebody like that, who by the way is about three to four years younger yeah. Reddick to me feels like, could this be another Rodney Hudson situation where you're trading away mid-rounders for a guy that's older, multiple teams? I know Reddick's young, a little bit younger. He hasn't been injured, but it just, I don't think the timeline matches up this offseason, which I hate to say, because I would love Reddick back. I would love him to be with JG. I think it would be great for everybody. Super high character. Pair him with B. Joe Jolari. Let's go. Let's go week one. But man, it takes a lot for me to get there. Yeah, I mean, it's the, I think, for Monty Austin Fort and Jonathan Gannon, the uh, break glass in case of emergency move. If they miss, if they swing and miss on rebuilding their decent defensive front in, in any capacity in free agency. Like, yeah. if, if they don't, if they can't figure something out and, and supplement this pass rush with the guys that, that they uh, drafted and developed last year in Ojolari, then sure, like, you got, if you're desperate for a move, there's worse moves that could be made. I think that if you could work it out for the, for with Philadelphia, that's that would be to bring in a 29 year old Son Reddick going into the final year of his deal with a couple of void years on the back end of it. You know that's fine, but uh, I I think 
like when you mentioned Brian Burns, I'm like, that's got to be one of your top priorities. If you can get who is Brian Burns is son Reddick two years ago, you know, right. he's, he's the guy that like, and that's what you're looking to do. Like you can swing and miss at that. It takes, you know, but also you, as far as you can go invest heavily in somebody and maybe they were the beneficiary of a contract year or, or whatever it may be, but you know, you can also swing and miss on a 29 year old that, you think you know everything about like he fits the system he thrived under jg you of course know his character because he was here in the desert um you you can still miss just because the longevity the shelf life on these players like we saw with with, with chandler jones firsthand like the the production can just fall off a cliff you can be getting five sacks in the first week of the season and then you know only a few like what was it uh seven the rest of the way and then you go sign a big deal with with vegas and you 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 just you're done. Your career's yeah. over. Yeah, I think if they're going to trade for a pass rusher, not we don't even know if Brian Burns is available. We know Josh Allen now is not available in Jacksonville. Let's say Brian Burns isn't available. I think the likely situation, the solution is, you know, and there are a couple teams in on the Neil Hunter that have been reported that Arizona hasn't been tied to that yet. I don't know, Bo. I feel like the situation defensive tackle is much more dire than edge rusher yes. right now today. It's a premium if position. You fast forward, yeah. If you <laughs> fast forward to April and say, okay, you know, maybe we get a first round edge rusher late. Jared Verse drops to 27, or there's a guy, Chop Robinson at 35. You can sell me on that with year two of BJ Jolari, hopefully pop in and maybe get some supplemental production from Zaven Collins. But to me, it's like if they're going to invest, because that let's just talk about that 25 million that Hassan Reddick would be owed. Is that better spent on Hassan Reddick or is that better spent on Chris Jones or Wilkinson or somebody like that who, by the way, Wilkinson's younger, you know, Leonard Williams, get some of those guys in that then you wouldn't have to attach a draft pick to. I think that that if you're flipping a coin, it's like, yeah, you should probably just go and get the guys who are truly available. Yeah. So, yeah. Especially I know, the latter, that, right? I know edge rusher is, is more important, a more right. premium. And I think that. The edge rusher position is more readily available in free agency, where I think awesome. the interior defensive line is more readily available in the NFL draft. Like the guys you mentioned are are basically it, right? I mean, you got Latu, you've got Verse, you've got Chop Robinson, and, and not much more beyond that. Where yeah. I think defensive line, you can find some guys in later rounds. But I I, I get what what Eddie's seeing in the chat, like hoarding picks. Like I'm not I'm not all for it. Like I think that. Uh, if you have this this ability to uh, swing some deals with some of your draft capital, I think that that's another uh, avenue to to improving this roster. Like first, your first two first round picks, you know, obviously you'd want to get some guys that you can have under contract for four to five years, and then you know your second round pick, you don't want to have to wait until the third round pick. But having three third round picks, like that surplus of picks, I do agree. I, I think that if there's a player that makes sense, that's a proven commodity, you absolutely deal third round pick or you deal some of the back end draft capital that you have that is, you know, that play that teams and, and there's some going to be some desperate teams to get some draft capital because, you know, they're cap poor and they need to, you know, just feel the roster. Then Money Osport can take advantage of that. I think outside of maybe corner, I think it's much more likely that the Cardinals use their picks late on day two, maybe on day three a little bit, to move up in the draft. I, I think this is the, the maturation process as I see it. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like time was so 
addicted to trading picks because you couldn't hit on players. Let's trade a one for Hollywood Brown. Let's give up draft picks, you know, for a bunch of busts last fall, right? You did trade for Chandler Jones and DeAndre Hopkins, but the Rodney Hudson trade we alluded to. It's like, well, I can't fill these positions because I can't draft and develop. So let's just kind of splurge here. I think the Cardinals are going to take the opposite approach now as they rebuild this roster and get some meat on it. I mean, we talk about like they've got Buddha and they've got Kyler and they've got Jalen Thompson, James Conner, and Trey McBride. The meat of this roster is lacking. I mean, go to overthecap.com and see what guys are getting paid and what guys aren't getting paid. I mean, we were walking around Radio Row last week. We were talking about some of the big time agents that were there. They don't have Cardinal players because the Cardinals mm-hmm. don't have anybody that they're paying because they have right. such unproven talent, right? So it's like, Okay, I think there's a better chance that the Cardinals say at pick 27, we love a guy at offensive tackle. We love a guy at edge rusher, defensive tackle. Let's take one of our thirds and go from 27 to 21, 22, 23 and get that guy. And Mm -hmm. now we have somebody that maybe we had a top 15 grade on. I think that's the maybe the better play unless, again, Brian Burns is available, which feels like an anomaly like that. That's the move because I get it. I've seen countless third rounders not work out for this franchise. Now I feel a little bit better with Austin Ford running the draft. But when you talk about the draft flexibility that you have now owning the draft, Matt Miller posted something today. The Cardinals are going to own the draft seven picks in the top 104. We know that, right? Go out with your first two picks, especially, and make sure you get guys that you don't like, you're absolutely in love with. Like, we love Marvin Harrison Jr. stick and pick up four. We're going to talk about Marvin here a little bit. If there is a tackle or if there is a defensive lineman that you deem worthy and you know for a fact they ain't making it to 27, you go up and get them, and you supplement later picks to do so. No issue with that at all. And I think they will. Right, and I think the whole Reddit conversation, like this exercise, is that in the point that you just made is that the Arizona Cardinals – they can do that type of window shopping. And then once they figure out like what they truly want and once they do their due diligence and figure out who's going to be someone that they is worthy of, of spending some of this draft capital on, on the trade market, um, I think that they're going to do it. Or as far as spending these cap dollars in free agency on, on somebody to help, you know, rebuild this defensive front, but it's going to be there. It's going to be in the front seven of the of the defensive line, right? It's going to be the interior defensive line. It's going to be edge rushers, and they're they're probably going to use some of it to get a proven corner in the in, in that room for the first time in, in a long time. So, uh, I, the, the like, it's no longer just kind of a pipe dream. Like when somebody becomes available, or somebody's rumored to want out of their current situation, like the Arizona Cardinals have every bit of the ability and want to, to be in discussions to, to get those caliber of players on this roster. Now, after they've cleaned house the previous off season, let's talk about somebody that may or may not be a pipe dream to hit free agency, but right now he's scheduled to do so. Chris Jones with maybe the most dominant performance of any singular player, not named Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl last night. Now I had your old co-host and running mate, Alex Clancy on the podcast about three weeks ago on a Monday. When you were mm-hmm. at the Senior Bowl, and he asked me, why not Chris Jones? Chris Jones is, was his number one target at the time. I'm like, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. And then you think about it, and it's like, well, are the Kansas City Chiefs really going to pay him a boatload of money after the age of 30? They Basically, we talked about it off airboat. They paid him one year this year, a mm-hmm. one-year contract, and he took it to run it back and win a championship. Based on some reports now, he wants to be paid, rightfully so, a big gluttony filled 
multi-year contract with a bunch of free agent dollars. So much so, Damon, do we have the graphic? A couple of weeks ago, PFF put out these projections. I don't even know if these are going to be relevant now. Chris Jones atops the number one free agent for PFF. Four years, $30 million. And Bowie kind of scoffed at this at the time. This probably makes a little bit more sense now in context, does it not? Yeah, it, it's it's tough what we're seeing. Like Chris Jones at four for 30, and now you're going to creep a little bit higher than, than even that was expected. That's at his age, and it's the same thing about Redick. It's like, are you? That's a move that you make in probably two years, right? And they'll they'll probably have the ability to do so because they're going to become primarily a draft and develop organization. But to get Chris Jones and have to spend that money, you got to be a Chris Jones away from from being a Super Bowl contender, like or in having a chance to win the final Sunday of the NFL season. I just don't think that it makes sense. Like you you could get. How many players for the amount of money that you would sign Chris Jones to and, and how much guaranteed dollars, how many guaranteed dollars is it going to take realistically to get him to go from a Super Bowl winning team, back-to-back Super Bowl winning team to a four-win team for, as the Arizona Cardinals are? Oh, man. I Yeah, I four years is a lot. If it was three years, I'd consider it. I mean, I know you'd probably scoff at that. I think... You front load the deal if you can, if you're Arizona. You say, okay, if we get two great years and the third year is kind of average, maybe we can supplement yeah. that. But I, again, like he's a Hall of Fame player. It would definitely fit into the agenda. Um, well, also think and, about this, man. They have a rotation of five defensive linemen. They do. You're going yeah. you're gonna, to you're gonna pay a guy that much money to be somebody that hovers around 50% of the, of the snaps on, the, on his side of the football. I mean, I just... I don't think that like they're they're going to look for talented players, no doubt about it. Don't get that wrong on the defensive line, but they're not going to be in in the uh, they're not going to be in the market for somebody that's going to command that much money, especially at especially at thirty one years old. Oh, I thought you were going to say mean, especially at what what type of position? Not a not a non not a premium okay. position. You did not look like a premium position last night. <laughs> he kind of looked like a premium position look. when he was winning the Super Bowl for him. Yeah, Aaron Donald and and Chris Jones, what they did in second halves of Super Bowls, that can't be discounted. It can't, but those are exceptions, especially with how the Cardinals like to, like I said, they like to run a rotation, uh, and you know, paying somebody thirty million dollars or more per season to play that many that few snaps, it would be pretty crazy. I hate. I hate the term. Go find your own Chris Jones. Like, go out and draft the yeah. next Chris Jones. Come on, what are we doing with that? Like, I, I, the Cardinals are going to draft defensive linemen, and we're all going to hope and pray they develop. Like, are they going to be Chris Jones, or are they going to be? Let me ask you this: this is, a, this is a weird question. But okay. Which Chris would you rather have? Would you rather have Chris Jones at what his projection is, or mm-hmm. Chris Jenkins at where he's projected to be picked? Which would you rather have? It's a you great take question. Into all the variables of this rebuild. I'm going to look like an idiot if I say Chris Jenkins and so. he busts. I I love Chris Jones in this draft. I was texting with somebody before we went on air. I think Chris Jones, first of all, I think Chris Jones could be an heir apparent to a lot of defensive linemen that could be leaving. Justin Matabuke could be going to Baltimore, one hardball to the next. He could go. He could go You're to, talking to Chris Jenkins. Yeah, Chris Jenkins. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. He could go, he could go um, to Kansas City and be the replacement there if Chris Jones leaves. Um, yeah, I, 
listen, you're always going to bet on, oh, I want the younger, less expensive guy. But like, what happens if Chris Jones goes to another team and he dominates for three years? And we're going to be sitting, oh, they should have signed Chris Jones a couple of years ago when they had the chance. They just went through this with J.J. Watt. And the timeline was skewed then. The timeline is skewed now. And I think, I think there's probably a better chance that Chris Jones's contract ages poorly than it does yeah. age as well. The greatness that is emulating from Kansas City right now, you cannot put a price on it. Um, you know, and it's going to be sad when they all do break apart. It doesn't bother me because they're in the AFC and they keep beating the Niners, which is, you know, doing the football <laughs> Lord's work for us here in Arizona. But I, I, I would probably rather have Chris Jenkins at this point and just hope and pray it works out and, and use pick 35 on him. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I think Brandon Hunter signing Jones feels kind of like a kind deal a little bit, a little bit. I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, Ken Weber saying, no, I won't regret not getting Jones. Um, look, it's the, the good thing is it, I don't think that the free agent cupboard is bare. The, I think that the Arizona no. Cardinals have options. Uh, and if you don't, the, the, the way you, that you maneuver a season and, and can still be successful without having a player, of the caliber of, of Jones and Donald who don't grow on trees by any means. I mean, they're, they're absolute just game wreckers. Uh, it's a rotation. Like that's the yeah. savvy way to do it. That's the savvy alternative is you get a rotation of guys with diverse, you know, uh, just skill sets and body types and you run them out there and uh, you keep the offensive line, the, the, the offensive play colors and off the quarterbacks, you know, off, off their, off their game with, with how you're approaching them. A lot of great super chats, a lot of good discussion in the chat today. Be sure to drop that video. We've almost got 300 of you today. Thank you so much. Dana Robinson, $2 super chat. Who's the next Reddick? Uh, college edge misused at inside linebacker. Oh, that's a that's a great question. Um, I mean, we want Zayvon Collins to be the next to sign Reddick. I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> but I, I was doing a deep dive on some of these edge rushers today, and it's kind of a mixed bag. I see the rankings all over the place. It does feel like Dallas Turner is like the number one edge rusher right now. Although mm-hmm. depending on where you're looking at, like Latu's a firm top 20 pick, but man, for me, like, I don't know if there's a player that I love at like 27 or 35 that I'm like, gotta have that edge rusher. I think, I think this year is uniquely positioned where tackle is, is obviously a premium position that could fall to you and you could gobble up one of those guys cornerback there's a bunch of good corners that could fall to you or i mean again defensive lineman do you love one of the kids from texas do you love chris jenkins mm-hmm. jerzon newton i think is a special player so it feels like a year where they could draft a developmental edge rusher but maybe it you're gonna have to punt until 2025 that's just, that's just my initial assessment on it the defensive line there's such a dire need that if they're gonna overdraft a position 27 would be where it is. And that's, that's pretty f- close to where Chris Jones was selected at Mississippi state way back when. Right. Uh, and it, it, if a guy like Latu or Dallas Turner is there at 27, I think those are guys you absolutely take. And then you try to figure out and scout and f- what, where, who you like as far as this cornerback class, like a Quinion yeah. Mitchell obviously is, is in the, in the conversation, but now, you know, after his run at mobile and what's coming down the line, probably as far as his pro days and his, his combine performance, he's probably not going to be there. So, you know, I think if you're looking for somebody that could comp, and I'm saying this with, uh, I mean, Peyton Wilson out of NC State, 
six four, almost two hundred and forty pounds. I, he's kind of a little bit like Isaiah Simmons, and I don't mean that in a bad way. In the, yeah. with this talking point, I think that he could be somebody that can move from off ball to maybe you could could you switch him to edge, but he'd have to certainly get stronger to to play the the edge role. So it's a good question though, as far as who could be the next Son Reddick. Dan, four ninety nine. Thank you so much, Dan. Hassan Reddick plus Christian Wilkins plus Chris Jenkins in the draft. That's a success. Certainly would. I mean, you're going to have you're putting in probably fifty million dollars on the first two players in free agency, and then Chris Jenkins is going to have to be a high pick. But I I like the aggressiveness because they need to be yeah. aggressive. Like, and it's again depending on who you talk to, everybody's got a different solution. Brian Burns or pass rusher earlier, whatever. But they have to do something because the current group. Not only is it not playoff worthy, like it's not worthy of showcasing in September next year. They got away with it this past year because of the state of the roster, but it was unequivocally the worst collection of defensive linemen in the NFL. It was one of the worst position groups in the NFL. And I like Dante Stills and I like B. Joe Gelari. You need to, we just need to have a t shirt that says, get serious about defensive line play. <laughs> That's what I want in the merchandise locker. Let's get serious because we were not a serious group of people watching that, whatever that was at the end of the year. And I will give immense credit to Gannon and Nick Rollis for being able to compete, win games against Pittsburgh and Philadelphia with the state of their teams. I mean, that's what gives makes me so bullish about the future of this team in general. I think they're going to make the playoffs in 2024. But if you don't think that everything else is secondary right now to that position group, you are outside your mind. I have it incredibly well sourced. That's the group. Gut it, redo it, build it from the ground up. And yes, it's going to take a collective effort, Bo, free agency and the draft alike. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. Looking in the chat, saw somebody turned a big-time parlay into 250 bucks last night. Congratulations to that. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a big win going into the offseason, Johnny. It absolutely is. Now, I uh, didn't win my bets yesterday with my parlay of the week. I ended up going with uh, an anytime touchdown for my, not my boy, but I, I thought George Kittle was going to have a big game, and, mm -hmm. and he did not. Uh, and I, I did have like they the found him. Game. Where was he? Was he wandering the streets in Las Vegas? <laughs> I didn't really see him in the game. Point. My son was like, what's he doing? Does he have to go potty? And I'm like, maybe. And then my wife's like, how close are the locker rooms to the field? Like, can they just run in and run back out? And I'm like, yeah, typically. Wasn't it so bizarre watching George Kittle like leave, run off, sprint off? Oh, he the had field the arm. He had like the the brace on his arm. Something happened to what his they, shoulder. What were they doing? That was that was nuts. So my parlay busted. So did the San Francisco 49ers, which is which is what you want to see. You also want to see you win free money in the form of bonus bets with our friends, Bolt BetMGM. Bet five, get one fifty instantly. And after our luck in Vegas last week, I need some bonus bets in my life. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit our friends at BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least 5 bucks in your newly created account. Place a wager in the amount of at least $5 on a standard odds price. And once you bet, 150 in bonus bets will be inputted regardless of the outcome of your wager. But you got to sign up with BetMGM. You got to use the bonus code PHNX. Tell them PHNX sent you. You'll get hooked up. Check out the show notes for full details. Now, listen to my guy, Damon Dog, talk about it in the disclaimer. One problem call 800 Gambler. Available in the U.S. Call 8778 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467-369 New York. Call 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 800 Next Step Arizona. 1-800 Bets Off Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help Michigan. 1-800-910023 Puerto Rico in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit betmgm.com for terms. This promotional offer is not available in New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. It was um, 
sobering. It was unbelievable to get home after five days on the road in Las Vegas. And I just needed something simple to get my life back on track. And Factor Meal Kits have been the absolute simplification of what I'm doing as far as my diet goes. You got to check out Factor Meal Kits for yourself. There's over 35 different options a week to choose from including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and so much more as far as the meal options go. Two-minute meals. When I talk about simplicity, convenience, it's factor meals. You just reach into the refrigerator. It's not the it's not the uh, freezer because you, you want to keep these things fresh, not frozen. You throw them into the microwave. They heat them up for two minutes, and boom, you've got restaurant-quality food right there. Uh, it, it's like the old hungry man, um, what, you know, I guess TV dinners, but actually they taste good. You're not just yeah. eating rubber snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover the wide variety of options. Uh, you can get an entire day, including breakfast, lunch, and dinner, uh, midday bites, and more. Go to factormeals.com slash PHNX cards, PHNX cards 50. That's factormeals.com slash PHNX cards 50. Get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while the subscription is active. That's PHNX Cards 50. Save 50% on your first order from Factor Meals. Uh, Factor Meals coming up clutch, uh, as are all of you liking this video. Thank you so much for the support. Last week, as we were in Las Vegas Radio Row, hope you guys enjoyed the coverage as much as we enjoyed uh, bringing it to you and uh, Bo, Saul, and Damon holding it down in the early portion of the week. And uh, it's a lot of fun in Vegas. And, you know, you, you try to read the tea leaves a little bit read the room, so to speak, Bo, as it relates to not only the week at hand, but what's to come, right? You know, I had a chance to talk with the folks in Boston, as did you, like, what are the Patriots thinking? What's going on with the Bears? We talked to our, our boys from CHGO all week, a Caleb Williams and company. So it really kind of table set ahead of the NFL combine and free agency. Like, is the draft really as kind of cut and dry as it seems? And I, I'm willing to state right now, it does feel like, we're on a trajectory of three quarterbacks in the top three for the Arizona Cardinals. Like, if I had to put a percentage on it, I'd feel like 70, 75% feels pretty good. Yeah. With the kind of the unknown variable being New England. But then you you, you start to hear some of these other reports that come out. And this is this was via Twitter from our guy, um, G, um, Daniel Jeremiah. How about mm -hmm. this tweet that came out over the weekend? Um I believe from Daniel Jeremiah, we'll see four to five teams looking to move up for a quarterback over the next few months. So before the draft even happens, teams, quote, aren't excited about next year's QB class. I mean, how how about that? I read that, Bo, and I'm like, okay, uh, Patriots, if you want to screw around and take Marvin, the Cardinals are going to be on the clock and they're going to be trading down. Yeah, I saw a mock draft uh, today that had J.J. McCarthy going fifth overall. J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan. And it, look, Ooh. I mean, <laughs> if, if an organization wants to do that, and I think it was one of the bad organizations that, that they had trading up and, and taking him fifth overall. But it, look, it's it's the quarterback tax is very real. The quarterback need is very real. When you see when your organization needs one, like there, there's no way to there's nowhere to hide. Like you're no. going to have the best roster usually in place and you're going to lose football games because that position is so important. The Arizona Cardinals, like, I, I just, I don't know how, how do we keep this ship steady from here until the end of April? That's all it's I so need. Long. Like we it's just so need, far away. it is. That's why I still, that's why I'm still like hesitant to say 
who the Cardinals are going to take fourth overall right now if if it goes one, two, three quarterbacks. I mean, because it, there's so much more to be found out about these prospects. There's going to be guys that are going to be kind of riding the wave, and then there's guys that are already in good standing that are going to cement themselves, and that's what we need to happen. Like, we need Jaden Daniels. Like, the Jaden Daniels, as we said at the end of the season, like, you need to be cheering on Jaden Daniels to have just – and Drake May, because I feel yeah. like Drake May – Outside of um, who's the guy for the athletic uh, Nate Rice, or I'm sorry Nate Tice, that was saying Drake May should should go to the Bears number he one overall. Him. He does, um, but he's he's kind of a polarizing prospect. So Jaden Daniels, Drake May, I'm here for you. I'm in your camp this off season. Let's continue to steady this ship and ride this thing wire to wire uh, to the Arizona Cardinals being on the clock with three quarterbacks off the board. It just goes. Like back to the the famous saying, like the Cardinals can't have nice things. How many times have we heard that? And it just feels like we want to embrace the potential reality that MHJ Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be a Cardinal, and that they're going to get him, and they're despite winning against Philadelphia, it's still going to work out, right? And it's everything's going to fall into place. But I get the hesitation. There's always going to be that one percent, you know, uh, concern or worry on my end. Like, okay, what if what if something happens over the last week to ten days? Here's what I will say. We sat at the combine with Benjamin Albright about, you know, a full year ago, you know, in two weeks. And and you and I were doing shows up until then. We hadn't gotten to know Austin Ford. Gannon had just been hired. We're like, okay, time to pivot hard into draft season. We're going to get either Jalen Carter or Will Anderson Jr. Remember that? Mm-hmm. New quarterbacks were going to go high. Maybe they could trade down. But we were all in on Will Anderson Jr. Then we sat at the combine. And Benjamin Albright came on our podcast a couple weeks after breaking the fact that JG was going to interview with the Cardinals. And what did he tell us? He said, Cardinals aren't going to take Will Anderson Jr. And we're sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what? So the Cardinals desperately want to trade down, but regardless, they're not taking Will Anderson Jr. And it's just like it killed our buzz. And then like the next day, Jalen Carter, like, uh, you know, is arrested and doesn't show up to the combine and, and you know turns himself into police. And it was just like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. So the 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 roller coaster of the offseason is real. But that same insider, friend of the program, Benjamin Albright, did put this out recently. His prediction, his best guess to what's been going on, and he has been alluding to MHJ going fourth overall for some time. Let's see it, Damon Dog. This is from Benjamin Albright over the weekend. If I had to guess today, Bears going Caleb, Commanders going Drake May, the Patriots trading down we're seeing that gain some momentum recently somebody coming up for Jaden Daniels whether it be the Raiders or the Broncos or whomever Cardinals taking Harrison Jr and then the Chargers obviously trading back for a tackle Mims uh next one after the combine we'll have a chance to sit down with Benjamin at the combine in a couple of weeks but I mean like there are uncertainty with the Patriots there may be some uncertainty with what QB the commanders are going to take I have not seen a mock draft where Marvin Harrison Jr. is available, where the Cardinals didn't take Marvin Harrison Jr. I agree. I haven't either. And, and there's a, there was a full another round of them today. Um, it, it makes you still uneasy when you see the Patriots trade out, but absolutely what everybody's been talking about. If a team's coming up, they're most more than likely coming up for a quarterback. I mean, that's that's usually how it happens. Very rarely does what happened with the Arizona Cardinals and Houston Texans in last draft go down. So you love to see it, man. I, I'm just, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it right now because you know how I feel. I, I just want 
continue this path forward, continue week in and week out, open up my, my search, my browser, and I see the latest round from Mel Kuyper Jr. to Todd McShay to Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks to Trevor Sikama mocking sweet, sweet Marvin Harrison Jr. the Arizona Cardinals. Eddie's saying in the chat, I've seen many trading up for a QB. I've, I've seen people in the chat mention like the trade down. And that's something I do want to discuss with you, Bo, because we touched on an off air. So let's say yeah. the apocalypse happens and the Patriots go Marvin at, at three. I think if you're Monty Austin Ford, there are only two routes that you can take in this draft. There's only one player that you can take it for, and that's Marvin. And mm-hmm. then it, immediately you pivot to, okay, this is a bidding war for Jaden Daniels or Drake May. So Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Denver, whomever, come on up. And it immediately becomes asset control, asset acquisition. Let's say, hypothetically, you're you're going to trade with the Minnesota Vikings at pick 11, right around where you traded out last year. But there's a quarterback tax that's now associated with it that didn't come with Will Anderson Jr. last year. What is a reasonable trade package that would get you to move off of Malik Neighbors and Joe Alt at four and go back upwards of eight picks? But for a quarterback this time, right? It's not for, for a an edge rusher. Right. There's that. There's that tax. Uh, the and, and to go from from four to eleven, I mean that's we've seen it, right? In, in last year, it was a pick swap. You go from third down to twelve, and then you got their second round pick, and I think you know you got a future third and, and a future one in a future one. The Arizona Cardinals, I think, would turn that potentially into two future first round picks. Don't you think? I mean, it's just they've at, at that point, but it, it, in this doomsday scenario, like first shame on the Patriots if they're not a, trading down or taking a quarterback. I, I think that they're doing themselves a gigantic disservice. And Monty Austinfort, in turn, is going to be like, look, if you're not going to do what's best for your franchise, I'm going to do what's best for mine. And that's mm-hmm. getting getting a haul. We're not getting a generational type talent. Like, congratulations, you, you got a guy like Marvin. That's fine, but at the same time, you know, it, it's 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 getting your sports car before you can get out of your one bedroom apartment, your studio apartment. It's just it it's it doesn't make sense. It's too it, like he the, the Patriots need to be probably in the quarterback. They have they absolutely need to be in the quarterback or trade down situation. There shouldn't be any discussion about Marvin. You know, I spoke with Tom Corrin of NBC Sports Boston. Yeah. Incredibly Great tapped interview. in at the end of the, the combine or the, excuse me, Super Bowl week. And he said the tea leaves are pointing to quarterback. He said, I would take receiver because he's been following the team for a long time and they've been robbed of an elite wide receiver since Randy Moss. And I get that. But he also made a point that was kind of lost in the shuffle that that he said the Patriots have two to two and a half players offensively who could be like average competent starters around the NFL two players out of 11 if that and then like defensively like they're fine they don't have like elite blue chippers all over the place they've got a bunch of free agents it's like if that does not scream we need capital we need to take Mm -hmm. our medicine we need to go the cardinal route of meat and potatoes i don't know what what does if you're gerard mayo who now you're gonna get a big leash after bill belichick he probably signed a five-year contract and and you for whatever reason don't love Drake Mayer, Jaden Daniels, enough to say we're going to pull the trigger, which is lunacy, but let's just just say, like, you know what, guys, we're going to take our medicine Cardinal style. We're going to we're going to get a Dobbs. We're going to get a Brissett. We're just going to accumulate assets and build up the meat of this roster. 
you need to be in a position to trade down and to trade down with Minnesota or Denver or the Vegas Raiders or somebody like that. But then yeah. again, it speaks to if these teams are trading multiple ones for a quarterback and you don't have one, what are you doing? Like, right. I get it. You're, you're concerned that you may screw up their development. Run the ball 50 times a game. Work off a of play action. You got smart people in-house. Like, C.J. Stroud took a, a, a egregious organization in Houston, had a historic year. Like, make it, make it work with Jaden Daniels. Do a bunch of RPO stuff. But if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, I look New England dead in the eye and say, if you don't trade down or you don't take a quarterback, you're going to blow it. Take Marvin Harrison Jr., F around and see what happens. The Cardinals will will benefit. It's I don't want it to happen. I don't think it will happen. But the Cardinals cannot take a player at four that's not MHJ. They just you just can't, especially right. with all these reports. I mean, even with the with the tackle, I mean, the, the tackle's just not with with how deep the class is and all everything that plays into that and where you could where you would fall potentially. I think that you would be still in a prime position if you want to if you want to get somebody to bookend. Tyler Murray, you've got the ability to do so and then also accumulate like last year draft draft capital. That's going to keep you uh, almost generationally wealthy as draft capital goes with the haul you would receive. You're going to have two first rounders for the next three yeah. years. Yeah, you're going to get. OK, you don't get Alu Fashion. You don't get Joel. You don't admit Malik neighbors. You could get Roma Dunsey at 11. Yeah, you could take just say, you know what? We love Dallas Turner. First defensive player at 11. Or you could take offensive tackle number three, worked out for the Baylors that got Darnell White right last year. You you bet you basically just become the immense elite drafting and developing team in the NFL. And yes, you don't have Marvin Harrison Jr., but it's I mean, there are people in the draft community that say that should be your first choice over Marvin. Now we're yeah, not of I mean, that if that's, if that's ripped from your grasp, like what you're not just gonna sit there and say, Well, I'm just gonna take, you know, second best. No, you you and that's what Monty Osfort what we've learned about him in the short year so far is that he's not just going to sit there and say, okay, well, if, if these players are off the board, I'm just going to take, you know, what I deem, you know, second best, like what, what he saw at the top of the second round, he saw an ability to continue to build on his draft capital with Tennessee and trade it down to 41, because I don't think he was real content with who was, who was available to pick at, at, at 30, what was it? 34. I just think, I think we could have the trade before the, the draft happens. Like, yeah. I think the stank has has come off of the Trey Lance trade enough, and that was a smelly one. And the Darnold <laughs> move up and all that, where that those guys busted and those teams traded up well before the draft. But now we've gone back to yeah, you don't have a superstar drafted quarterback. You got nothing. You're not you're not getting anywhere, right? We saw it on display last night. And if you're if you're in the AFC. And you don't have a homegrown superstar quarterback, you're you're getting fired. It's just a matter of time before you get fired. So if the Patriots want to screw around and take a receiver, as much as I love Marvin, with nothing else on the roster, yeah, I think Marvin's gonna produce 12, 1300 yard seasons for a team that's gonna win about four games on average. We see that every year. Guys that ball out at skill positions that are terrible. I would feel terrible for Marvin if that happened, but Cardinals will benefit. I'm gonna tell you something else right now. I see people in the chat saying Roma Dunsey's not going to be available. Guys fall all the time. Like I saw a mock draft today, had Malik Neighbors fall into the Cardinals in a trade down. You know, I, I think the only sure thing are Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. in this draft. Everything else is inconsequential. Everything else is up up to interpretation. Yeah, especially when you take into consideration like the 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 tackle class, the top tackles, and I think that they're 
they should be rightfully in, in the top 10, right? But yeah. So you've got three quarterbacks, potentially four quarterbacks in the top. Like things can change, things will shift inevitably. Um, that that things could happen to where whoever, if Dunsey goes second off the board, yeah, there's going to be some urgency to get up there and get whichever third wide receiver is remaining. But you know, when you're staring down a franchise caliber tackle uh, after the top two wide receivers went off the board, you know, yeah. it's not necessarily a slam dunk. So. There's teams looking for quarterbacks. There's teams looking for you know top tier playmakers, and they're looking for franchise caliber tackles. And, and they're all there. And things can shift as far as who's selecting, who's making picks, and then how the draft dominoes fall on draft night. So yeah, I, I'm I'm not set here. I, I don't. Nobody's draft board is set in stone. And I, I don't think that you can you can say like we're talking to Trevor Sikman. He's saying Malik Neighbors is 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 two. And then you're talking to other guys, and they're saying. A Dunze, Roma Dunze is, is two. And it's like, there's, there's, you can't defend it. There's no consensus on that. So to say definitively, they're not going to be there at 11, just knocking on the top 10 pick. Like, I don't think that's on, I don't think that's unrealistic. I, I think, to, but to the point of the chat, like, yeah, you don't trade down to 11 and expect those guys to be there. If they're there, yeah. great. If not, you trust your board and you say, okay, I can stomach Dallas Turner or I can stomach the tackle out of Oregon State assuming Fashu and Ald are gone, knowing yeah. that I've got a premium pick. Think about that, where that pick would come from, too. The Vegas Raiders, you know, the Vikings are competitive. If you get the Vegas Raiders one, right, and their situation, the Denver Broncos, if they were to trade up to, to fourth overall for Jaden Daniels or Drake May, in a division with Jim Harbaugh and Patrick Mahomes, you would get their one every year. I mean, like, I, I think it sounds pretty good. I... And if you don't think Monty Austinford is having these conversations now and for the next couple of months saying, hey, hypothetically, guys, if Jaden or Drake May makes it, we're going to be available for you to, to let's have a phone call. Let's have a conversation. We like Marvin. This is our contingency plan or not, depending on who you talk to. So I yeah, I see Jordan Monty Austin. Go Monty Austinford is Dr. Strange in Infinity War where he's saying I've run every scenario. He's, I've, yeah. we, you know, millions of times. And this is where we get Marvin, and this is how many times we get, you know, we have to trade down, and these are the scenarios. He, he's he is not going to leave any stone unturned. We've got we've got an interview that's coming out with Thomas Dimitrov, and he gives more of a testament of who Monty Austin Fort is, and that he, he's he's not like the previous guy where he's going out and getting in trouble having for having fun. Uh, Monty Austin Fort is putting in the work, and he's going through every scenario. Jonathan Gannon laid out that. Monty Austinfort was talking to him every day on a daily basis yeah. about you know different scenarios at three. And that draft last year was like, okay, which which like Young and CJ Stroud are going to go one two, and he was sitting there right there, and he was running every scenario. And now he's a pick back. He's he's going to continue his route in in way that he prepares for the draft, and it's going to be prepared for whatever is thrown his way draft night. I, I like this from Jalen Blair. I'm not trading down to 11 with the Vikings without Justin Jefferson included. <laughs> I'm not trading down with the, I think this is realistic with the Broncos without Pat Sertain. Uh, I'm getting a top tier player that's proven to trade down. If you're like the Minnesota Vikings feel like the worst kept secret in the NFL that they are, are going to actively try to move up. Kirk Cousins Achilles exploded and reportedly will not be available until October, November next year. I mean, my, he might be earlier. You're in a division now with Jordan Love and Jared Goff and Caleb Williams. Like, you better get serious about a contingency plan. They're picking 11th. They got a great, I, I like their coach a lot, their infrastructure there. They're consistent, consistently around 500. 
this is their shot. Like, they remind me a lot of the Buffalo Bills a couple of years ago when they traded up for Josh Allen. They moved up over the course of the offseason. Everybody knew they were in striking distance. It just became like, which quarterback do you want? And lucky for them, they picked the right quarterback. So I, I agree with that. I think if you're going down that far, replace one of those firsts with one of your best young players on your roster. I, I Is it realistic? I think it's more realistic for Pat Sertain because I think Sean Payton is liable to do anything. I think everything is up for grabs in that organization. Justin Jefferson is an icon already, even with Jordan Addison. Like that, that's a tough sell for them. So, but then I bet you better unload every draft pick you have for the next two years if that happens. Yeah. I mean, it makes it easier for teams, I'm sure, general managers not to have to part ways with, you know, future draft capital. And and they would give maybe a, I know it's a proven commodity and a stud at at a tough, at a big time position, but. Yeah, I mean, if 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 the Broncos are as desperate as if they've been reported to be, yeah, you you start that conversation with it with a Pat Sertan, and I think he's a caliber of player, especially when you look at what the Cardinals needs. That if you can lock him in with the coaching staff in place and what you have offensively, you absolutely do that. Now you obviously have to find front seven players, no doubt about it. But Sertan is one of those guys where if if you can get your hands on him, I think you do, and and taking advantage of somebody that's desperate. Baharo, Johnny, didn't you learn your lesson from the Texans? Now I expect Jane Daniels to outplay CJ Stroud. Listen, I I think, yes, I did learn my lesson. My my preference is, even with trade packages available, take Marvin. But if Marvin's not there, and you have an opportunity to add two future first-rounders, which which was never realistic with the Will Anderson Jr. trade-down. like When we were mocking trade-downs last year, it was, Who's coming up for Anthony Richardson or CJ Stroud? And then that didn't present itself. Right. I even if you get teams that make great runs into the postseason or ha- or have success or around five hundred, you're taking number one picks in 2025 and 2026 because the hit rate is f- roughly fifty percent no matter where you're at in the first. I uh, and then it gives you so much flexibility. Then you can say, Bo, 2026 rolls around. This team's humming. They feel really good mm-hmm. about everything. They're a consistent contender. And then like a Tyreek Hill becomes available. Oh, we trade our first, <laughs> one of our first-round picks for him. Or, you know, somebody like that where a Brian Burns-esque type of player is available. It gives right. you so much flexibility. You don't have to make all these picks. And so, I again, not my first choice, but it definitely feels like this is, a, this is much more realistic of an option now after everything we're hearing about this 2025 QB class. Yeah. But then after all this discussion, right, and I don't want to make it a completely moot point, but, you know, I saw somebody tweeted out, and they, I would say they're a respected reporter of, of sorts, but, you know, from what they're feeling as far as post-Radio Row, post-Super Bowl, talking to all those, you know, NFL minds in one room, doing a mock draft, and they he had the, the Patriots take a Marvin Harrison Jr., which I think couldn't be further from the truth. And, to, to say that he's got a, a finger on the pulse that the Cardinals, he had him taking Malik neighbors. I didn't talk to a single person in that room at Radio Row that, that was saying Cardinals should take neighbors. We're, we were like the only Cardinals show there. I, I mean, Jody Ayler was there. I don't think Jody Ayler was saying that from Fox Sports 910. So there, it's, it's, it, was a, it wasn't a well-sourced mock draft based on last week because we were hearing completely different and we were there all since Sunday to Friday. Mike Tomlin apparently loves Justin Fields. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about 
Chicago and and how that plays a factor into it. But I'm going to tell you right now what was a big factor in me getting back from Vegas on Friday night with my friends at Circle K. Joining the inner circle, best decision I've made. Loaded up, monster energy drinks, snacks, goodies in the car with our GM Saul Bookman, getting us home (laughs) and safe with uh, one tank of gas from Vegas to the Valley. You can't beat that. You also can't beat the inner circle. Join the inner circle for free, friends, by downloading the Circle K app today. You get 70, excuse me, you get 25 cents per gallon off on your first five fill-ups, plus three cents per gallon every single day, costing me next to nothing, even in Vegas, to fill up my car with Circle K, plus every six free selection on products like pizza, coffee, ice-cold fountain drinks, and more. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for more details. Very thankful for our friends over at Circle K who provided two unbelievable guests for us on Radio Row, James Conner and Michael Wilson. And I did, we did have to make a, uh, we made a trade as far as the final leg of our, our journey home from Las Vegas. And we stopped at a Circle K and we traded players. We got Saul Bookman back in my truck uh, and you got a player to be named later. But once you hit that Circle K parking lot, you did, you kind of did drop to your knees and kiss the ground say thank you thank you so much i did um, i'm gonna load back up on snacks here for the stretch run you are uh, through and through a circle k guy and i'm through and through an og's brands guy arizona's favorite and cannabis kitchen ogsbrands.com they got new two new products here in the new year uh and you got to check them out you got the ogs naturals and you got the big ogs check out the big ogs you saw us out there on Radio Row with the big hats. Those are always great. Those are hilarious. But these are legit as far as what's going on. The mega version of Peg's Raspberry Orange, the RSO. got to check it out. It's the company's most popular products. And they've got it in one big slice of 100 milligrams of THC, but it perforated. So you can just you know take off one of 10 slices or whatever you might want for that experience that evening, that day, whatever it might be. Like freshly squeezed juice, the live rosin is created through a pressing process. It's unbelievable the, 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 the TLC that they take in creating their gummies over at OG's Brand. Check out their full product line, ogsbrands.com. Check them out in your local dispensary and follow them on your socials at OG's Brands. Got to be 21 years or older. Uh, Junior in the chat, bringing up something Bo and I discussed uh, on Radio Row is Dorch hitting free agency because that'll suck. Um, so, Bo, you know a little bit more about this. So the Cardinals tendered a couple restrictive rights uh, to two free agents Neither are Greg Dorch. Uh, Greg Dorch, Cardinals could sign him as a restricted free agent for about a million bucks next year. Talk us through why that may not be what's happening. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you had those two guys, those exclusive rights guys, and it's just as simple as just saying we're gonna activate this. We're gonna take, uh, we're gonna we're gonna sign these guys, and they get exclusivity to them, and they're negotiating their ability to go out there and free agents. It ends that day, so it, it happened for the Arizona Cardinals where they, they flex that on Carter O'Donnell and Jesse Lucetta, the, the pass rusher, versatile player that also played a little fullback, who is legit in his second season. And Carter O'Donnell, is, I think, has been in the in the NFL for a couple seasons from Canada. Um, but the thing that where it impacts Greg Dortch and Jonathan Ledbetter as well, who, who could have just as easily been brought back, is it's how much time they've accrued, right, versus what – how long they've been in the league. So Greg Dorch has been in the league four seasons, but he's only accrued two seasons worthy of time as far as how his contract works out. So even though they had the restrictive free agents ability last year to just activate that and bring him back on the one-year tender of just over a million bucks, they had the ability to do that this year. And I think with that little kind of 
blip with that little fluke, you would hope that maybe the Arizona Cardinals are giving Greg Dortch or Jonathan Letterbetter's representation and ability to find a way or navigate around that. But it, at the end of the day, you know, Greg Dortch just made over a million bucks last year. I think that on an open market, he could make more than that. And I'm not talking like Chris Jones money where he's making 30, but it's the difference between making one and making two to $3 million a season. So I I don't know if they're just taking their time and and maybe letting some side of this figure out a a different path than the one year tender. Um, But it, it is strange that they've activated two of them and then there's two that have produced for this team and been players for this organization the last two seasons it led better that that one's incredibly disheartening when you consider like he he stuck it out and really battled this year uh, on a defensive line that that was not stacked at and you know in the slightest and i would say the same thing about dorch too and you know two things can be true here like we want greg dorch on the cardinals selfishly on this podcast but also like we want greg dorch to get his money too Mm. and and i i hope that he does even if it's not with the arizona cardinals what i would think would be a very foolish decision on the part of monty austin fords is to assume that rondell moore who's under contract can duplicate what greg dorch does i've seen rondell moore return kicks and punts it's not greg dorch that's why dorch is doing it and i've seen the kind of inside outside receiver that dorch can be downfield with Mm -hmm. uh, outside of a couple splash plays rondell moore just isn't as good of a football player respectfully as greg dorch is now, maybe coach him up in the offseason, Kyler and Drew Petzine, and, and everybody can get on the same page. I think it's more likely like none of the above. If George isn't back, it's like none of the above. Because then it's really, we're making wholesale changes at receiver, and we have one specific type that we're going to invest in, whether it's free agency or the draft. Now, see some people saying Zach Pascal didn't do much last year for them. Played special teams, and he's one of their best run-blocking receivers. Yeah. And then you get him in an offseason with Kyler Murray, and then you got Higgy Bear, Elijah Higgins, that can split out wide to wide receiver. And then, oh, by the way, Marvin Harrison Jr. could be a Cardinal. So <laughs> all of those guys are over six foot. I think I think if you if you lose Greg Dortch and you allow him to go elsewhere, like is Rondell Moore a part of this roster? I don't know. But even if he is, I don't think he has a big role. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't I think that we could have a conversation about Dortch without even really having to have the conversation about about Rondell Moore. I, I think that Rondell Moore has, has ingratiated himself with the organization and there's, there's coaches on that staff that really like Rondell Moore and that he, he would have a role going forward. I think he's got the type of talent that shows, especially on the practice field, but you're still, I understand what you're seeking. You're seeking a guy that on a down to down basis is making impact. And even beyond that, when, when he doesn't get the consistent playing time, like Greg Dorch to make an impact. So, um, but We'll see what the what the organization uh, will will do. I mean, you know, business wise, you know, what's the best move for the team to just say you're an exclusive rights free agent, you're coming back, and yes, we're going to yes, save on that, right? <laughs> or is it you know to benefit help the player out here? It's like, yeah, we see this loophole from from the league. We're not going to completely take advantage of it, and we're going to sign you to a two two year deal worth four million bucks. I don't know. It's a tough, it's a tough one. Topic 64, friend of the program. Great to see you, my friend. 499 super chat. Jackson Barton, Austin Pleasants, both six, seven foot giants. Why do we need an offensive tackle? Um, we had a chance to catch up with Kelvin Beecham if you guys didn't see it at Radio Row. 
that is not somebody that Bo, you can clean me up here, does not look or act like somebody that's going to retire. He mm-hmm. he wants to compete. He will compete. He will run with the ones this offseason. Will he get supplanted at some point next year? Probably. But I think Topic 64 brings up a good point. Like the Cardinals just need more pipeline depth on their offensive line. And how yeah. long can can Kelvin hold down the fort? That remains to be seen. But he looks like he's in good shape and, and is ready to come in at either left or right tackle for the Cardinals. Well, in Topic 64, I mean, as far as Jackson Barton, who's primarily on on practice squad this year, and Pleasance was signed to a future deal uh, after spending the end of the practice squad. You look at those guys in their size, and you you get what Monty's type is at offensive lineman and offensive tackle. Like he's looking, he's gonna. And when you look at the draft class, that's that's who he'll be seeking out. But those guys, I think, had opportunities. Obviously, DJ Humphreys until the injury was relatively healthy, and there just weren't chances for those guys to jump in you know uh outside of maybe trying to kick inside and there was every opportunity for somebody to win a left guard position but um i just i think that they're 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 guys that are going to remain in the organization and they'll move forward and have a chance to to fight for a roster spot but when it's all said and done i think that cardinals absolutely need to 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 monitor a way to to get better at the tackle position for the future and you know as, as big as those guys are there's a lot more to it, and you know this as well as I do. Like, they just need to get more talented at that position. Um, yeah, a lot of lot of good comments and questions here in the in the chat. Agent forty seven debating Paris at left, Beecham at right. I think that's the play. I think that's the, absolutely the play, especially now if we get more clarity on what they're going to do at four. Um, Paris is your best offensive lineman, in my opinion, and. You have him protect Kyler Murray's blind side. He and I think he's looking at a Pro Bowl season, and you want him going up against the Nick Boses of the world every week. So, um, who's playing right tackle? TBD. Zachary asking, does Buda Baker have a future with the Cardinals, or he is, or is he a trade candidate? We reported on this show early in January, Zachary, that they're going to look at his contract, but I think at the end of the day, they're going to weigh that having number three in a Cardinal uniform is is more important than asking him to take a pay cut or, or jet setting him for a third round pick. So. I think he's part of the team in 2024, Bo. Yeah, I, I do as well. It just seems like that's the path forward that makes the most sense for all parties involved. And, you know, with the with the capital that they have, like, is a team going to go out and and flip you the second-round pick that maybe it would take to, to get a player off the roster? Uh, probably not. So, I mean, let's just keep one of the faces of your franchise, your lone pro bowler in-house, and him continue to hopefully find his way to – his second winning season of his of his career. He deserves it. That's for sure. From one phase of the franchise to potentially another in Chicago, uh, major consensus in Chicago from, or excuse me, from Vegas was that Caleb Williams is going to be the first overall pick. And if you've been listening to this podcast for upwards of three months, you would have known that by now. Uh, and then you get reports coming out that, quote, Justin Fields camp wants an answer now, going to demand a t- trade. Then something came out recently. I think it was Rap Sheet or me, or maybe even Adam Schefter that said Justin Fields is beloved by Mike Tomlin. And, you know, we got people like Benjamin Albright kicking around the idea. Could they get a one? Probably looking into two. I, I think I think we're like a week and a half, two weeks from Justin Fields' trade market culminating, and, and we get resolution mm-hmm. on that puppy real quick. Yeah, I think that there are a lot of play callers that look at his skill set and and feel like they can unlock him. I think that the previous uh, offensive coaching staff felt like if they had another year, one more year with 
with Justin Fields. Like that was going to be it. Like they were going to finally get him. So uh, I, he's the type of guy, if you feel like you have any lick of ability as a play caller that you can, you can turn him into an offensive weapon. And when you look at Atlanta, when you look at Pittsburgh and those teams that are just have a complete void at quarterback, but teams in place, uh, I think he's going to be appealing. And yeah, I mean, was it Albright that originally said, you know, two seconds um, to where now you see that it's the, the draft isn't as deep as originally thought at that. Like Bo Nix is not an option in the first round. And, you know, Michael Penix at his age and his injuries probably isn't an option as far as your franchise quarterback um, that Justin Fields is, is a legit option for some of these teams that might be um, confident enough that they can be the guy to do it. Like, Getsy just went to to Las Vegas, and he I think that he was confident that they were moving the right direction, and you know, I, I think he could certainly land in Vegas with his old play caller and finally have some continuity there from year to year. Yeah, as much as we laugh at the Bears, like they are going to make the right decision. They are in the catbird seat because they traded with Carolina to get them Caleb Williams, and now they've got a, a starting caliber quarterback available in an offseason bow. Where like I'm seeing tweets today, and it's Jordan saying Schefter was on McAfee talking up fields, but I mean Ryan Tannehill is being discussed as a reasonable option for some of these teams like Atlanta. So much so that now, like, are the Broncos? I saw a report walking back the idea that they could cut Russell Wilson. It's like life comes at you fast, and it, <laughs> it accentuates the point of these quarterbacks are going to be so coveted. These top three guys, and maybe th- God forbid, throwing a JJ McCarthy. God help your franchise if you do that. But like, you're going to be in a position where if you, if like you're the Vegas Raiders, like what choice do you have to trade than to trade up or to be aggressive? Like you, Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback. Aiden O'Connell, like that's embarrassing. The the yeah. Atlanta Falcons, Desmond Ritter can't complete passes. Heineke was a disaster. You have Raheem Morris now. Like I I think Justin Fields. I don't know if he's going to get a one because I think some of these teams that could be in the market for him, their their first round pick is too high. I think it's going to be a high second round pick for Justin Fields. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it just keep follows the plan, right? Where yeah. Chicago sticks and picks they're one, one, and they're going to go Caleb Williams. And then that just pushes you closer and closer to Marvin Harrison jr. It was just fantastic. It's just, it's just one of those dominoes that you need to fall this off season in order to put yourself in a, in a prime position to get your, your playmaker, hopefully for the next 10 years in the Arizona Cardinals. I'm putting myself in a prime position for dinner tonight with our friends at some burros, my favorite burrito Mexican restaurant here in the Valley. Absolutely love it. Family owned and operated was voted Arizona's most loved Mexican restaurant. I got one right down the street. We hit it up often. Easy parter platter party platters to feed a crowd. They've got this all new taco bar. It's fantastic. Plus guacamole is elite, elite, elite. Try their popular fiesta platter loaded with Mouth-watering red and green chili. Love me some green chili. Put it on everything. Some burrows, mouth-watering, just talking about it. Serving the Valley since 1986. And in Flagstaff, too, if you're in the Flagstaff area, check out the newest locations in Goodyear, Peoria, and an I-17, or visit someburrows.com to find one closest to you. Let them cater your next big or small meal. Order online by visiting someburrowsboat.com. Dot com. And the Phoenix Suns um, are no longer a hot garbage disaster anymore. They're heating up, actually, and they look like a team that can make some noise the rest of the way here. And if you want to check in on the Phoenix Suns anytime throughout the season, watch it with our friends over at Arizona Family Sports. 
got the Kings tomorrow. You got the Pistons later this week. That seems like it's, it's a dub. You want to tune in and dub? Just turn on Arizona Family Sports Wednesday night. They take on the Pistons at 7 p.m. You can watch the game on 3TV, Arizona Family Sports Channel 44. If you're outside the Phoenix metropolitan area, well, all you have to do is log on to azfamily.com, click Suns Games, and they'll tell you if you're in Yuma where you can watch it, where you can watch it in Flagstaff, Southern Arizona. Do not miss out and support your Phoenix Suns uh, as they heat up here towards the uh, stretch run of the regular season. AZ Family is a great resource to help you find Phoenix Suns Games on Arizona Family Sports. If you've got a haircut that resembles J.J. Watt during the Super Bowl and you want to sport a lid, <laughs> grab this one here from the PHNX Merchandise Locker. Oh, we man. love J.J. I didn't think it was that bad. The uh, It was just the product they put in. I, the, the best meme was J.J. Uh, Watt looks like he's about to go to 2002 prom. That's good. Uh, check out gophnx.com. Become a diehard bowl. Pick up a free hat and or T-shirt. I'm going to tell you what you can expect at gophnx.com. Maybe later tonight, certainly by tomorrow, Johnny's Mock Draft 1.0. We're going two rounds. It's available for everybody. Check it out. I'm going to tweet out a link after the show. I've got a mock draft, which may or may not have some trades. Are the Cardinals going to trade? Are they going to trade up? Are they going to trade down? Find that at gophnx.com. Plus, Bo, you've got some tasty nuggets that you're going to post in the PHNX Cardinals Discord. That's right. The one-on-one interview with Connor Rogers, who uh, he teamed up with Trevor Sycamore to do the Arizona Cardinals uh, fix my team of the uh, NFL stock exchange. And he gave us more insight and he was in there. He was out there in Mobile and he's got, you know, we're not just talking Cardinals fourth overall selection. We're not talking 27th overall selection. We're not just talking, you know, the Cardinals second round pick or the three thirds. We're going through it all. And he's got some big-time names that you don't want to miss out. And Davils in free agency, who would be a good addition. Plus the, the interview with Thomas Dimitriov, who worked with Monty Austin Ford in New England. You don't want to miss that. It gives some true insight into who Monty is, the team uh, builder, and also who he was as a scout. Alex, 499 Super Chat. How about this? What about a trade built around Buda for Reddick swap? Buda and JT, just too much money spent on two sim- similar safeties, in my opinion. It's a lot of moving parts there, Alex. Here's what I will say. I think Jalen Thompson was the better player this year. I don't think that's a hot take. I think he had a better season. He's also mm-hmm. the cheaper option of the two. I think, and Buda could come out and have a fantastic year and things could change. I think like there's a halfway decent chance that that 2024 is is Buddha's last year with the Cardinals. Like, that's not a crazy take, is it, Bo? No, I don't think it is, given where, where his age will be, his position, and where the organization, and this is, this is where I want to really emphasize that it's not a knock on Buddha, where no. the organization wants to spend its money. And I think that that's, unless he wants to finish his career in Arizona Cardinal, and if he, that's what he wants to do, then he would have to, I think, negotiate in order to do so. But yeah, I don't think that that's a hot take at all. I mean, that's, it's generally when you probably see a player at his position and his age, uh, likely would have to look elsewhere unless they, they want to take a significant pay cut. Um, Zachary saying what Jordan P just said, Chad Reuter of, I think he's NFL.com, maybe some somewhere else just posted a mock with the bears, keeping one moving from nine to three to get Marv Cardinals move down to 12 with Denver, get Malik Neighbors, and obviously a bunch of other yeah. picks because they've be coming up for Jaden Daniels. Uh, we talked to our guy Adam Holbrook from CHGO, and I think he thought very much of the mindset that like the Bears are either going to stick a pick 
at nine or they could trade down. It didn't sound like there was there was going to be an aggressive play for Marvin Harrison Jr., at least on surface level. Now they have the the capital to do it, but I, I that's that's a lot. That is a lot. They would have to give up quite a bit, but they're going to be a team that's, as we just talked about, a potential Justin Fields trade. Like they're going to have an overwhelming amount of draft capital. I mean, as we, you know, people are pointing out that the Cardinals can control this draft, the Bears are going to have every bit of ability to do so. Um, but let me I ask you this think, about that, though. If you're the Bears, yeah. wouldn't you just, if you're the Patriots, I mean, wouldn't you take the Jaden Daniels package, which probably has more attached to it? Like if, 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 the Bears are coming up from nine to three, right. and you're going to nine. Yes, that's a higher pick, but you're not getting as much for Marvin Harrison Jr. than if you're going from maybe the yeah. Vegas Raiders or even sure. like the Vikings at eleven. You would take the quarterback package at that point. Yeah, I just i I think it's it's I don't think it's off the table, but I also don't think it's very realistic. I think no, that I the Bears think. would very be very content with taking Caleb Williams and then figuring out who could potentially be there at nine. Uh, whether it's Roma Dunze, whether it's one of the two tackles or Malik neighbors. Yep. And again, maybe a mini trade up, like jumping somebody for neighbors or a Dunze, but nine to three is a lot, especially yeah. like then you're gifting the Cardinals, Jaden Daniels, or, or even Drake me. I, I happen to think Jaden Daniels could go to the commanders uh, second overall, but uh, here's what I do know. I know we need some likes on this video. Let's get us to 300 <laughs> likes here on a football Monday. It's great to be back in the desert. It's great to be back here on PHNX Cardinals, back in the rhythm of a Monday. And in two weeks' time, we will be on our way to the NFL Combine to give you all the sights and sound from Indy as we get closer and closer to free agency, which I'm told is like a month away on, on March 13th. We're going to have some insight into what the Cardinals plan to do in both free agency and the draft. But you got to be subscribed to PHNX Cardinals wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the Discord Bo's dropping that content. Check out my mock draft dropping within the next 24 hours, Bo. Content that you can't find anywhere else pertaining to the Arizona Cardinals. No, you certainly can't. And we're going to continue to churn out some great stuff that we that you haven't seen from Radio Row. That means you have to be subscribed to PHNX Sports anytime we drop any new videos. You'll get those alerts. Uh, subscribe to PHNX Sports. Follow and listen to the podcast. Leave that review and that rating. We appreciate it greatly. Great work from Damon Dog back from Vegas as well and the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Johnny as well. Johnny, did you win a flag football game this weekend? Uh, rained out, so I take that as okay. a win, yes. Okay, that is a dub. That is a dub. Uh, and uh, today was a dub. Tomorrow will be yes. another one. So join us tomorrow at 4.30 right here at PHNX Cardinals. We'll talk to you then.